if you can get into the mindset of, um, I am watching, you know, a shot on mini DV, really lousy movie, uh, you'll like it. Oh, how could I ever get that wrong? How stupid of me. Uh, I support things that exist. You just mosey on down to the Italian Giallo paint store and pick yourself up a load. That sounds like a first cousin to unobtainium. My parents named me Laser, but I always thought I was a Boris. How do I get Italian women naked in my movies? And then dead. So, uh, how are things in the Stone Age? No, it's, uh, uh, things are, things are something. So, we have not 400 megabytes, uh, download speed. We've got, like, close to 500. And we're not sure what the problem is, but we got the modem, and there's one Ethernet port on the modem, and that goes out to your, to your uh, router. Well, the Wi-Fi is what does not work. And we actually went and bought another router and that didn't work. So I'm like, okay, it's not that, that's not the issue. But using an Ethernet cable and plugging it into like our, our, uh, smart TV, good to go. Screaming fast service and then we can stream anything. Um, I actually went to Best Buy today and got a, uh, Ethernet to you, to a USB-C connector for my laptop so that I can plug a, U- I can plug a USB, ah, I can plug an Ethernet cable into my laptop and I can get crazy fast internet. The problem is the only uh the only ethernet cable I have is like maybe 10 feet long. So I I mean we could be like I could be legit on our own internet but it would be sitting in the living room and then there's then we don't have a show because then there's kids in the room with me. So nope. Um so basically we don't know why the internet doesn't, why, we don't know why Wi-Fi doesn't work, and every time we call Spectrum, we get someone from the other side of the planet that does not, we cannot, does not compute. Um, they do the, they do the check on their end, and it shows that we have internet, but we're in a new development here. We're the first people to move in here, and we're thinking that there's something not set up right somewhere in our allotment that makes so that the Wi-Fi does not work for, for Spectrum. I assume that the uh, Wi-Fi that I'm piggybacking off of right now from a neighbor is actually in the, uh, there's a neighborhood right next to us. And I'm guessing it reaches our house just enough that I'm able to piggyback off of their internet and get a tiny little bit of internet. Um, but what sucks is when I plug in my laptop to my modem, the, I've never seen internet speed like it. I mean, we're pushing close to 500 download speeds. That's insane in my opinion. Yeah, that's crazy awesome. Um, yeah, but, I, yeah, I, yeah, but, um, so anyway, so what it comes down to is we were, we're so pissed off at, at the lack of Spectrum sending anybody out to actually fix this because they, they're like, there is not a problem. You're, you've got internet. No, we don't, you fuckers. We don't have internet. <laughs> we don't have Wi-Fi. We've got internet, but we don't have, uh, anyway. So we're canceling with them. I don't give a shit if it is 450. We're going to get, uh, there's Fios in here as well from a local company called MCTV and they're out of Maslin. And I'm like, you know what? Screw this. Let's support a local company. And it's, it's going to be quote unquote slow speeds of a hundred uh, megabytes download, which is fine. It's going to be a little bit cheaper and I'm sure that they're going to be able to take care of the issue. And when I call the answer on the first ring, pretty much, or at least the first 
30 seconds, I get a human being on the phone that's from around here. So, done. Sold. Um, I'm sure eventually they'll get the Spectrum deal. They'll get that worked out. But I'm like, I, we're, we're, we can't... I mean, I'm, I'm in the Stone Age here for some reason. I'm like, I'm stealing someone else's Wi-Fi and I have to sit next to the T. I have to literally sit right next to our living room TV to be on yeah, like, yeah. the internet that I'm paying for. So there's the story. There's the story, folks. Yeah, it so- sounds like I'm talking to you while you're driving through the hills of West Virginia on a cell phone, a bag phone. It's like you're breaking up and then, then you're back and then you're breaking up again. Yeah. Sorry, am I Whee! I borrowed one of the kids' tablets to use to surf the internet and it's it seems to not be connecting to my internet now, which is no. a problem which is a problem I've never had. Like what the fuck? Let's go. Bitch ass. Oh, the joys of podcasting, right? <laughs> yeah, really. And I, I was so, like, I was like, I want to be able to say that we moved to a new house, and I still didn't miss a week of podcasting. So, there you go. <laughs> One way or another, we're going to podcast. Come on, you stupid tablet. Connected. Am I good? Okay, maybe that did it. I did the classic thing that you do to fix anything. Turn it off and on again. Yep. We have done everything. I mean, I, I have spent, it's got to be put, and I'm not joking here, it's got to be pushing 10 hours on the phone with Apple because uh, Spectrum was blaming the Apple router that we have, and, I, and I'm like, that doesn't seem right. So I was on the phone with them. I was, I've was i been on the phone with Spectrum. I've been on the phone with Best Buy. I, I've been on the phone, on the phone, on the phone, on the phone. Um, the, yay. Anyway. <laughs> so that's where I'm at, but at the very least, I'm... Uh, you know, I'm I'm getting by as far as using this other person's guest internet, and uh, I can tether my phone, but that completely eats up my date my data on my cell phone, and I don't really want to do that. I, I mean, I could do that, but oh man, I'm I mean, that goes by quick, especially when you're doing stuff like this when you're streaming or whatever. No, we'll just we'll go to a phone call if we have to. I'd certainly okay. be able to hear you a lot better, and you're not moving anyway, so <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I don't really? know whose end that's on. I can't. I mean, I don't know. Everything else is connecting to the internet except this tablet that I wanted to yeah. use. Fuck I that will idea. say this, uh, this capitalist guest that I'm on. I'm on. Oh, so anyway, how? So you, you've moved now, and you're good. Yeah. Hello. Yep. Well, I mean, it's been testy, but uh, yeah, it's I've I've. I've had my ups and downs. We've all had our ups and downs, but we we successfully moved. So there's that. My wife's sister came up to help a little bit. And my mom came up to help a little bit. So we had, you know, I'm like, I will take any help we can get. But oh, what? I I think we're gonna have to go to a phone call because I can. You're you're like a, a cell phone yeah. connection in 1997. Phone call, it is. <laughs> <laughs> all right. I, I'll call oh, you in a sec. Freaks. All right. <laughs> All right. Hey. Hey, I can hear you finally. <laughs> Dial up freaks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's what we, that's, if we got a podcast from the Stone Age, we can do that. <laughs> yep. That's, 
We're still having an episode this week, and I'm like, damn it, I am bound, set, and determined to have an episode, if we at all possibly can. Hell yeah. Well, we'll get through it. That'll make for some for some funny stuff in the beginning. <laughs> oh, I'm not cutting any of this. It's all going in. <laughs> oh, good. <laughs> A little behind the scenes. <laughs> yeah. I it's, It is interesting how you find creative ways to try to get you know, try to get what you want. You know, I'm like, oh, hey, someone's guest Wi-Fi. I'll use that if I can. Up, oh, I can. And then, you know, running to running to Best Buy and picking up a US. That's the one thing with Apple. I'm like, guys, do, do you really need to come up with just to make your computers, you know, paper thin? Do you really need to get rid of essential things for your laptop, like an Ethernet port or even an HDMI port? Like, I have to have or have all uh, special dongles. Like, all their dongles are different, and you know, like, they're all different. Yeah. So my this laptop has has nothing but USB C ports, and I'm like, I have to get an adapter for everything. Um, and it's great. I mean, the computer is great because it's really thin and it's light for a big computer. But like, I really could use an Ethernet port or at least an HDMI port. But nope, that's. First world problems, you see. Yeah, yeah, that it is. But why not an why not a HDMI? That... I they just they they used to have them, and then they just nope. You're gonna have to get a you're gonna have to get a HDMI to USB thing to plug in. We want to downsize, downsize, downsize. Uh, so I, I've gotten used to it. It's fine. It's and I don't really I don't really plug this computer into anything but uh, a microphone for the podcast and. Um, so it is what it is, but and at the very least, I'm like, you know what? I wouldn't mind having a way to plug um, Ethernet into this computer. And I'm like, I, not that I really wanted to go out and buy something else. I'm like, it's something that I wouldn't mind to have on hand just in case. So it is what it is. Yeah. So Apple is special. They're very. They've got to be special with everything. Oh, <laughs> it's it. If I wouldn't have been. If I wouldn't have been, uh, you know, basically switched over to all things Apple back in 2004, um, I, I, there are so many different things that I would say to hell with this. Give me something that has a bunch of ports, whatever. But I, I, I don't know. I, I'm computer illiterate when it comes to anything but Apple at this point. I just, I know how to use it, and nah. ah, there's still time for you. You can get out. I'll help you. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, hey, here comes a, here comes someone pulling into, it's been nonstop, people continually pulling into our driveway, looking at our house, looking at the other houses around us, she's looking right at, right into my eyeballs, (laughs) Uh, there's some random lady in a car, they're looking, yep, hi, I'm, I live here now, just, I live here, you should be mooning her, (laughs) yeah, yeah, there's been so many different cars, because it's a new allotment, just a lot of, oh, are you getting out of your car? I'm not answering the door, lady. No. Nope. Keep on rolling in your Buick. Ugh. Oh, that's great. Anyway. Oh, how are you? Uh, well, uh, well, we're fully in the show now, so I'm Eric. And I'm Eugene. How am I? Uh, well, I had an interesting Sunday. Uh, the boys are, well, the youngest one is getting a little older now, and so we thought we'd venture out into public with him again, because we don't do that a whole lot, because, uh, one, I don't want to deal with it, and two, I don't want to subject the strangers in public to him being crazy. Uh, uh-huh. you know what I mean. Most people, uh-huh. most people are probably like, oh, that's, you're denying your kid experience, and no, no, I'm not. He goes to preschool, and he goes out, and he does things, but we, that doesn't mean we need to drag him around everywhere all the time when we want to, you know, go out to eat and stuff. So we thought, well, 
We'll take him up to Katana. It's a buffet place, so it doesn't really matter if he bothers anybody there. I'll, you know, you don't go there for the ambiance. And then we said, you know, we're going to take you to your first theater movie. Uh, the boys have been to the theater down in the small town, but that doesn't barely count, in my opinion, if you know what I'm talking about. Yeah, yep, I do. Uh, so we were going to take him to see uh, The Incredibles 2 in Maslin. And... 12.30 on a Sunday. When did that movie come out? I had looked it up already. That's yeah, pushing a month ago, isn't it? Oh, I think, least... think we're over five weeks on that. Um, I'm using my computer that I'm recording with, so we'll see if there's a bunch of skipping. See how that works out. Mm-hmm. Incredibles 2 was released on... There's going to be a lot of using IMDb this week, I think. It was obviously sometime in June. Uh, oh, it's, it's, I don't think it's that... important. We need, to, we need to figure this out. When, when exactly it was released. Uh, oh, June 17 was the opening weekend. Uh, June, fi- so June 15. About, um, June 15. A month. June 15 was the release. And that was on a Sunday. So five weeks. Yeah. There's an extra week there. Um... They had four seats left in the front row. Oh, oh man. Strike one. Major. Uh, strike all the strikes. Because I was like, no, my boy's first real theater experience is not going to be in the front row. They will not be able to pay attention because you can't tell what's going on in the front row. You know, they got the recliner yeah. seats and you lay. I know because I watched Star Trek Beyond that way. And I was like, this is bullshit. And so I said, uh, sorry, guys, they're sold out of tickets. And we went to leave. And do you know how a four- and six-year-old react to such news as, oh, they're just walking into this giant theater and there's video games and giant standing things and Incredibles and I'm tell- I've am i been telling them how great it's going to be and it's just like, well, now we can't. Now we got to go get in the car and drive an hour home. I mean, Ooh. devastation. Well, 40 minutes. The devastation was was real, but... What are you going to do, man? It's like, uh, why in the world is the... uh, I looked at the box office charts. This thing's been like third, fourth, fifth. Why is it sold out on now, five weeks later, on a Sunday at 1230? Probably a whole bunch of people like us, parents, wanting to take their kids, you know, after the crowds die down or something. But I just... We were in shock. We couldn't stop talking about it all the way home. Like, why? Just why? It's so bizarre. But... Wow, I was expecting like an awful crowd report, and followed by, uh, um, followed by your kids running around the theater, and you—I don't know. <laughs> I think they'll be okay for a movie like that, but we just couldn't believe it was sold out. Like, what in yeah. the world? I mean, four seats in the front row. I mean, them, the rest of the front row is already bought up, and that was the only four seats they had together. There's like two others in the whole entire theater. It's like you got to be kidding me. Damn. So, anyway, yeah, then had to deal with the disappointment all the way home and chatting with them and calming them down and chilling them out and stuff, and, oh, my lord. But, you know, ticket prices the way they are anymore. We were debating going Saturday evening, and I was like, uh, no. No. I was like, if you want to go out to eat with them on Saturday evening, that's fine, but I'm not taking them to a movie. It'll be 50, 60 bucks. Yeah. Forget that. Or I could go for a matinee, and it'll be less than half of that. Just no yeah. way. Hey, we've got an eight-year-old and a five-year-old, and uh, they've seen 
Uh, one movie in the theater, uh, Captain Underpants, which I was not a part of that. And uh, I we took Lucas to the Dollar Theater uh, twice. So that's it. Uh, I'm I'm okay with that. It with, with the 30 minutes of trailers in front of it and the the price. I'm like, fuck this. No, I'll I'll wait till you're a little bit older and can you know appreciate it a little bit more. Or I, the Dollar Theater in and of itself is in the summer, as you know, it sucks. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's hopeless. I mean, we we saw Incredibles, and that was just my wife and I. Uh, but I'm like, I, it's going to be over two hours with the trailers and with the little weepy, sad thing in the beginning that they always that Disney always does. It's going to be pushing, and it was two hours, actually, well over two hours. I'm like, that's too damn long for a kids' movie. Even though Incredibles was awesome, that's too long. Yep. So anyway, I agree. we're grumpy old men. <laughs> Yep. <laughs> but oh. but it's different than our parents. Our parents were just like, no, we don't want to. And we're like, no, we want to do it when it's right, like, so that you have a good experience. Yeah, exactly. But back in the day, I remember what you'd go to the theater and you're, you're, if, you're, if you'd get lucky, you'd get three trailers in front of your movie. But usually it was like two. Two. Three yeah. at the most. And that was like, wow, those look awesome. And now I'm like, I, I, I wish that there would be three, three trailers is perfect. Uh, but any more than that, I'm like, nope, that's, it's overkill. Now it's eating into my movie time and babysitter time. And now it's going to make so that I have to piss all the quicker during the actual movie. <laughs> so. And, you know, another thing they should do is the, the way they have Comic-Con exclusive trailers. I mean, cause they're, even though we get a whole bunch of trailers uh, on the internet during com- Comic-Con time, there's always some that they hold back or extra footage that they show there. Why not just put special trailers in the theater, you know, or, or yeah. stuff that is way down the road. You want to put teasers for that. You don't want to put on the internet. I, I know that there are people who are going to bootleg it or whatever, but it, still you won't have a high quality one out there. And I don't yeah. know that, that would, that would be a draw, but, but now we have the internet and all the trailers that, I don't know. It's just because we're movie freaks. The regular normal movie person is like, Ooh, what are these trailers? Wow. I've never seen any of these, you know? Yeah. So it's just us. It okay, is. we, we, we got to get on with the show because okay. we're 20 minutes in. <laughs> All we've done is bitch. Okay, <laughs> let's go to the roulette where we dive in the ocean of cinema and try and find those gems in the rough. And last week it was Legacy of a White Tail. I'm going to get this name right because I think we screwed it up like every time last episode. Legacy of a White Tail Deer Hunter up against Romina. And you are up first, sir. Oh, hippie skippy. Okay, um... Let's see here, Romina, 2018. Um, so someone rented a spiffy HD camera and put it on a GoPro or something and then uh, did artsy-fartsy shots around the woods with non-actors. This is a Mexican-made movie, um, and it's a slasher movie, I think. Um, uh, basically just a few obnoxious people that argue and drink and do stupid bullshit nothing stuff uh, for about an hour and then the last 15 minutes uh, we get a couple kills off screen and one of the obnoxious people uh, is related to or some sort of in cahoots with the this girl killer throughout the whole movie. Big spoiler! Woohoo! Awful. <laughs> a terrible piece of shit. I mean, give me a bi- Terrible. It was terrible. I... <laughs> Looking back, I actually gave it a half star, which I think that the half a star came from the fact that 
in the very beginning, it has a. It, there's one shot of the movie where it's kind of a, a, a continuous shot of like these. The, the victims, and then it goes over to a car, and then the camera kind of like hops into the car, and then the car takes off, and it's actually pretty well done. And that's like the only good part of... That was the shot I was talking about yeah. last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that, that, they make, they make uh, good use of that shot. Otherwise, it's terrible. And it's, it's one of those where it's like, I'm going to smash this person over the head with a rock, but it's like, then you see the rock come down, and then blood splatters on the person's face. That's the killer's face. It's no... Get a budget or don't make a movie. Ugh, terrible. So, yep. All right. Yep. Duly noted. Yep. I wanted to give it zero, but I'm like, I have seen, I've seen worse. (laughs) So. Okay. On my side, Legacy, White-Tailed Deer Hunter. The great hunter Buck Ferguson, Josh Brolin, and his trusted cameraman Don, Don, Danny McBride, set out for an epic weekend adventure to reconnect with Buck's young... Young Son Montana Jordan. And this was a pretty easy thumbs up for me, and I think that you would like it as well. Scoot McNary is also in this. I wanted to mention that because I watched another Scoot McNary joint this weekend. Or last weekend. Yes, this is a good movie. Is this Observe and Report? No. Does it have shades of Observe and Report humor in it? Yes, it absolutely does. But it's also that crossed with that uh, kind of redneck, everybody needs to be hunting to commune with nature, I'm sure you're very familiar with as I am because oh, of where yeah. we grew up. But it's played, like, in such a fine line that a hunter could sit and watch this movie and think it's funny, and somebody who realizes they're also kind of making fun of hunters would also find this funny, I think. I enjoyed it all the way through. I thought it was definitely amusing. I wasn't, like, howling with laughter, although there were a couple of parts that were pretty funny. Uh, the kid was totally fine, even though he was kind of a smartass and, you know, we're kind of picky on our child actors. I, he never bothered me, even though he was kind of being a shit sometimes. I was still like, well, he's just, that's kind of a normal kid. Hmm. And he's not, I, I don't hate him, and I don't think that you would either. I was kind of zeroing in on him a little bit, like, hmm, would Eugene, you know, because i got to review this to you, like, as a recommendation, because that's what the roulette is, and so, would this kid bother Eugene? I was like, you know, I don't think that he would. Maybe a little bit, but, you know, just in the way that, get off your phone, you dumb kid. It's just dumb shit like that. But other than that, I thought his performance was on point and good, enjoyable. Uh, I can see why this got just kind of put on Netflix. It's because it's basically, other than a scene up front, it's two guys and a kid wandering around the woods, and a couple of CGI deer show up here and there, and they crack jokes and do dumb things and kind of laugh at each other and try and do a father-son bonding thing along the way. Uh, If you, you know, think of that through the prism of Observe and Report, you can... It should be pretty easy to see what this movie is like. A much lower budget version of that kind of thing. But somewhere in all that weirdness, there is a heart to it. Much like Observe and Report. So, uh, thumbs up for me, but not like a gem in the rough, holy shit, you know, you gotta see this immediately. But I I definitely keep it in the queue. You would totally enjoy this movie, I think. Oh yeah, that's that's definitely something that I'm going to be watching uh, as soon as I can. That director is pretty much... Ready to go? Yep. I, if, if you he... might actually enjoy this more. The irony of this more than me because of your uh, uh, patronus. <laughs> oh, my, my patronus! <laughs> oh, I like your little Harry Potter joke. 
Okay. Uh, <laughs> there you go. Are you ready for the next round? Uh, yes. Okay. Hit me with it. Okay. First up is... Uh, okay, so because of our internet, my internet woes, uh, you know, I've been talking about uh, how we're going to do the roulette. I'm not going to actually... I guess I, at this point, I actually could watch uh, streaming stuff on our living room TV, but even that's going to be difficult with the kids because I always pick the stuff that I can't watch in front of them. Uh, so, no, no, no. I've got, I've got you some good shit here, so let's, let's just go with the physical media. Yeah, so physical media this week. So heading your way, first up is a uh, 1983 movie called Sledgehammer, and I'm going to be reviewing this movie later on the show, but it was... Shot on VHS from 1983, and I can't wait to talk about it. Well, can I get a little preview? Because it might affect my decision of what I pick. Um, well, the, I guess the preview is what I sent you via Dropbox. Uh, it's... Oh, Judas Priest. Okay, next. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, next is Who Can Kill a Child, which... I Did I review that on last week's show? No. Okay. Uh, that is... Uh, fantastic movie uh i just got it on blu-ray and it is one that i basically it's this couple that head to an island where murderous kids are inhabiting and it is really really good Uh, i mean it's it is legit good movie uh, not just for horror fans it's a really really well-made movie uh last but not least is zombies the beginning which is directed by bruno matai this is the one that uh plagiarizes uh, to the point of where I can't believe they weren't sued, uh, Aliens. And it is hysterical, and it's shot on maybe mini-DV, but I'm not sure. But that's on uh, DVD as well. So I got two Intervision DVDs and then one... Um... That Zombies the Beginning, was that... Now, we were talking about this a week or two ago, a couple weeks ago, and the, you said the the first one sucked and the sequel was awesome. Is this yeah, the... That's, the, that's this one. The first one, okay. the first one was okay, but the second one is so... It's, it's awful, but it's one of those where it's like, I cannot believe I'm watching this. This is crazy. Um, I think the first one was the one where they were taking bits out of... Um, or was that this one where... They, I don't know. They, one of them was taking bits out of the... the as the, long as it's is it the sequel. That's yes, all I need to know. it's the sequel. Okay, that's all I need to know. Yep. Okay, coming your way... Oh, I'm actually reading the back of DVDs or of Blu-ray covers here. This is on Blu-ray. Justice League Doom. Now, the last uh, DC one you watched is the Justice League coming together, and this one is them facing off against... Yeah, turn in my nerd card. What is it? <laughs> the League of Doom or whatever? Legion of Doom or something. Okay. I don't know. It's fucking awesome. I've been wanting... This is one that's higher up for me in the list of uh, awesome animated movies, but I didn't want to show you this one until you had the the other knowledge of the ones that came kind of before it, you know what I mean? So when this one, the Justice League is all together before they kind of get their asses whipped. And another reason I want you to watch this one is because Cheetah is in it, and she is the one of the villains in Wonder Woman 2, which they are filming right now. Uh, the Justice League consists of Earth, Fine, Superhero, oh, but of course it's going to be a paragraph. I don't want to tell you this. This gives away too many spoilers. Let's just say that Mirror Master, who is a villain of the Flash and can hide in mirrors, hides into a mirror of the Batmobile and breaks into the Batcave and hacks his computer. And shenanigans go real south from there real quick. And the whole Justice League, yeah, Legion of Doom, it is 
Fucking awesome! Okay, this next one is Pilgrimage. It's a total blind buy. I've not seen anything about it. I have not heard anything about it. And it looks like, uh... Um... Well, let me just read this. Uh, Leaving his Irish monastery for the first time, a young novice, Tom Holland, Spider-Man Homecoming, uh, departs with a devoted group of monks and a mysterious former crusader, John Barenthal, the Punisher. As they attempt to transport a holy relic to Rome, threatened at every turn by savage tribes, traitorous, treacherous, uh, traitorous Norman soldiers, and those that seek the power they believe the relic holds, a young man finds surprising courage while faced with deadly challenges that will push his body, mind, and spirit to the breaking point. So, this looks kind of hardcore. And lastly, I have two collections of Django movies. And if you are interested in picking a Django movie, I will read you the titles, and you can pick one that you haven't seen. Um. So. Yeah, huh. yeah I'm tempted to do the Django. Okay, are you ready? Go for it. $10,000 for Django. Django defies Sartana. Django kills silently. Django the Avenger. Kill Django, kill first. Django, adios. A man called Django. Django the Runner, Hanging for Django, Django, a bullet for you, a love story, Return <laughs> Return of Django, and Pistol for Django, also a love story. <laughs> Wonderful. Um, uh, let's see. What I'll tell you something else, too. If you want, I can just drop off both these collections, and then you can do more research and just pick one and watch one. Uh, okay. You know what? Let's do that, because I'm okay. I'm all about spaghetti westerns, and uh, I'm sure that whatever I watch will probably be fairly good, especially considering what I watched last week. So, yeah. Good. I am very curious about this pilgrimage movie, though. Looks pretty uh cool. Okay. I will take Zombies the Beginning, because I know that's what you want, and I will take it. I will watch it. Aliens ripoff? I'm, I'm down with that. Yeah, no, seriously, you have to stick with it, um, because at first you're going to be like, what did I pick? Why am I watching this? But j- just trust me, stick with this one, because the end, it, it's, the movie is crazy, and if you can get into the mindset of, um, I'm watching, you know, a shot on mini DV, really lousy movie, uh, you'll like it? <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure I will. Don't yeah. worry. I've been all, all up in the VHS this, these days, so, uh, yeah, uh, I'm a, that's all right. Okay, there you go. Next week it will be Zombies the Beginning up against Django. My God, the shit we pick. Okay, yep. well, at least this has given Netflix time to throw some legitimately good-looking things on there. If you've been watching The Instant Watcher lately, maybe not because you're in the Stone Age, but they have actually added a fair amount of movies that we have not seen that I'm like, ah, that's pretty good cast and need to check that out. So, uh, some good roulette material in there. Cool. All right. Okay. Let's go on to our second segment, which is Mission Impossible Breakdown. Because the new one comes out this weekend. And in preparation, much like last week, I uh, a deep bit of my recently watched is going to be in the second segment because I rewatched three, four and five. Cool. So it was, uh, they're very fresh in my mind for, um, ranking these movies, which I'll tell you right up front. I, other than two, 
yeah, I mean, you're pretty much splitting hairs on the rest of them for me, as far as a score would go. I did actually rank them, but, yeah, I mean, score-wise, they're not really far off, so it's not really much of a list. Uh, but you get to go first. Okay. Um, so you want me to break down every one, or just, like, just start yapping about Mission Possible? <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, I ranked them from uh, least to best, in okay. my p- opinion. So if you want to, I just figured we'd bounce back and forth that way. Okay. And we can talk about what we like about each one, what we don't. Okay. My my least favorite one, obviously, is part two, which is probably going to be, it seems like that's just universally the least liked of the series. Uh, and, and I think rightly so. It's still an okay movie, but uh, it's just, it has that late 90s, early not feel, and it, it's just... This 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 storyline, this character, and John Woo did not mesh good. I thought uh, it it doesn't really it, it actually doesn't even really fit when you watch all of them close together. Uh, it's the one that doesn't fit in the, at all. Really, it it just feels like this weird uh, hyperkinetic knockoff of the other ones. It still has a couple cool scenes, but I the last time I watched it, I was relatively bored through it. It was like two hours long and I'm like, oh, let's go. I'm just, I'm not that interested in what's going on. And then dirt bike stuff in the end. I'm like, oh, but. <laughs> uh, yeah, number two is at the bottom of my list as well. And I echo everything that you said. I will give it, I mean, I do give it credit. Like I go up and down with every viewing. Like I watch it, I'm like, oh, this is better than I remember. And then I watch it the next time. I'm like, this is worse than I remember. Uh, but they were trying to, what they were trying to do is make it like episodic, I think, where they have a different director with a different style each time. But then the problem was it was John Woo on this one. And it was like, eh, this was the highest grossing movie of that year, by the way, I think. Was it really? Domestically. But still, the everybody's like, yeah. And then, uh, well, I'll get into the sequels later, but I will give it credit for uh, one thing. This is the only, as far as I can tell, uh, unless I'm wrong, this is the only Mission Impossible movie that uh, Ethan Hunt is sent on a sanctioned mission. Oh, really? Uh, yeah, I believe in the other four movies he's disavowed, or shut down, or not supposed to go, or something, you know? Yeah. Like it, this is the only one where it's like, this is your mission, and he went and did his mission. <laughs> The other ones, he's off the books, which is weird. Yeah. So give it credit for that. But yeah, that was my bottom of the barrel too. And I would have been surprised if it wasn't for yours either. And again, I I agree. It's still an enjoyable film, but hit or miss with each viewing. It has some good scenes. That scene where he goes to get the viruses and then parachutes out and stuff. That was a pretty interesting scene. I kind of remember that. It's been a little while. And this is the one that I've watched the least. I've watched all the other ones more because I just, I don't like this one nearly as as much. So, um, I I don't remember it as well as the other ones. Isn't there, there are some white doves in here too, much like John stuff from the 90s. Oh yeah. And double guns and spinning around and yep. Yep. Yeah. He's got his things. Yep. Um, next up for me, and this was, this is where it gets really difficult because all the other ones are so good, but I think that the first Mission Impossible would be next, uh, but just barely because it is splitting hairs at this point. I've, uh, at first, my first viewing of this movie was back in 96, and I was expecting 
something else. And I wasn't expecting what I got with this movie, but upon rewatch, it gets better and better and better. When I first watched uh, Mission Impossible, I was fairly confused. I'm like, what's going on? There's, uh, I don't, I can't quite understand who's who and who, what's going on. And then in the end, they kind of real quickly wrap it up with this admittedly cool helicopter chase through this train tunnel. But uh, upon rewatching it over and over now, it is a great movie. And it does, it makes sense. You do have to pay attention to with what's going on, much like the other ones. But uh, this this one here, if you were to take out part two, like parts one, three, four, and five would all mesh so, so well together. But this one here has some iconic Iconic scenes in in it, which I'll let you kind of get into more. But I'm actually curious. Like, does this is this one like the next on your list, or where where does Mission Impossible the first one fall for you? And this, oh, by the way, this was directed by Brian De Palma. Yes, and I, I agree with what you said. It's a great film. What, let me get to my next one first. We'll get there, and it is splitting hairs from here on out. But number four for me was Ghost Protocol, it, part four. Not number four, number four. Ghost Protocol. And the reason that I put it here is that it's and it, it, this one was directed by Brad Bird, I believe. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a big fan of his. I've loved everything he's done, pretty much. And this is no exception. I really enjoy this movie. But where it fell a little bit for me is that... Uh, it's the... What is it called? The Burj Khalifa building? Is that what it's called? Where he's running... Uh, that it might be the best, most exciting, most intense scene in all of the movies... But the ending kind of just peters out for me, so I'm always like, eh, and I knock it down a bit. That, and it's an interesting experiment, because in all the other movies, they, you know, they'll set up these missions, and they either go completely wrong, or they go completely perfectly. Most of the time, completely perfectly, with Ethan Hunt doing some crazy, gymnastic-y, insane, lunacy things that most people would probably die from, and saving the day. But in Ghost Protocol... And I just watched this this week, so I was watching closely, but every single mission that they plan and set out to do fails. Every single one. Every single one goes wrong and fails. Which I thought, that's really cool that you did that, but then it kind of leaves an empty taste in my mouth, because then I'm like, well, I kind of want you to succeed at something. But literally everything they do fails, and to the and to the very, very end where they just kind of get lucky. And he beats the shit out of an old dude in a car park, and hits the abort button at just the right, just in time, you know. So, I was like, eh, I, I was kind of thinking about which one would I want to rewatch the first on this list, and I had to put Ghost Protocol down at number four. Even though that Burj Khalifa scene is just complete insanity, with him swinging around off that fucking building. Yeah. Uh, anyway, number three for you. Uh, three for me would be the uh, latest one, uh, Rogue Nation. Uh, it was good, uh, really good. Yeah, at this point, they're all they're all really, really good. Uh, but Rogue Nation, I I liked uh, Ghost Protocol slightly better than than uh, than Rogue Nation. Uh, I'm not sure why. Uh, now you just rewatched these la- the last three. I have not, um, so they're not as fresh in my mind. But um, I'm trying to think of what, why I didn't like this one quite as much as the other ones. And I don't, I don't actually, actually, wait, I do remember why now that I'm, I'm thinking about it. Um, the villain was not as villainous as the other movie, like the, uh, the last few. Uh, it, 
this is the Russian one, right? No. No, isn't it? No, Rogue Nation is the one with the syndicate. Ghost Protocol is the one with the where they blow up the Kremlin. Oh, okay. Uh, well, hold the thought about that, uh, the Russian agent, whatever, because that actually comes into play with my last two. But uh, okay. But still, this one here, I I think I preferred part four slightly over this one, but not by much. Uh, it's still really good. Yeah. And th- this was, uh, Christopher McQuarrie directed that, and he's, what else has he made? Um... Oh, he did the other ones with Tom Cruise, the other... Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, and Jack Reacher as well. Jack Reacher is what I'm talking about. Okay. And this next one that's coming out this weekend. Yeah. Okay, the next one for me... Where are we at here? Number three. Oh, num- uh, uh, the first one. Uh, Mission Impossible 1. And this one could really... Is really, really tied with my next pick. My number two and my number three picks, they're they're very, very tied, but just for different reasons. So... Yeah, that's a coin flip, and I, I'm not really going to stand up here and defend having the other one in front of it, but whatever. Uh, so, Mission Impossible 1. Great flick, but, uh, you know, I think a lot of people had the same issue that you did. The first time you watch it, it's kind of confusing, especially when he has that scene where he comes, the, the guy he thought was dead, his leader comes back and is talking to him, and while he's talking to him, telling him his side of the story, we see Tom Cruise viewing things in flashback as and interpreting what the guy is saying, but he's, it's not lining up with what he's saying. And what, that's a wonderful Brian De Palma scene that on rewatch, you understand, Oh, Ethan Hunt is seeing through your bullshit. And he's seeing that, Oh, you're telling me this, but I know that, Oh, because you're telling me this, I know this is what is really happening. And all the way to the very end where I was, you know, the first time I watched it, I was confused by the ending where he pulls off the mask and I was like, wait, what? Huh? Yeah. But, Upon rewatch, I'm like, brilliant. I, I thought that was really, really well done with some really great action scenes and just a very awesome kind of, uh, intriguing thriller. And the guy who plays Kittredge, I really like him. I thought he was cool. The arms dealer, Max. I, I just liked the way it all went. There are a couple of plot holy things in there, like, oh, they stamped the Bible, didn't they? Those damn Gideons. It's like, why would you bring that? I mean, if you're already doing that, wouldn't you have a Bible with you? You, I, It just, huh? Uh-huh. But this is back in the early days of the internet where everybody's just on use groups. Remember he was searching use groups? Oh, wow, <laughs> when, yeah. Like old the, school. The, way, way old school. So it was, it was, what? You know, for most of us who didn't have the internet at the time. So I, I knocked it down just a smidge because of some of those things. But I still love the film, film dearly. I, and I didn't rewatch that or one or two in this last stretch because I've seen them many times and they're very fresh. But three, four, and five, uh, I just went on a tear with. Anyway, uh, your number two. Uh, number two for me is Ghost Protocol. And uh, the, the reason this, this wasn't quite number one for me was I didn't think the villain was as good as uh, the villain in my favorite of the Mission Impossible movies. It's, uh, it's still really good. This is a, a great, great movie. Great action set pieces. And this is like, this, it seemed like, uh, this one here is where this series really, really hit its stride and, uh, was back to being box office gold. Uh, because two set it back quite a bit and then three was trying to rebound and then four is where it's like, okay, because of three, everybody came to this one then. Um, so this is where I think it really hit its stride to where, you know, it's, it's back and it's, maybe I'm, I, whatever. No, no, I no, no, it. no I, I don't disagree with anything you're saying. 
Uh, I, again, I, I have it that further down the list, but literally those four picks, you're talking about a, a, di- a one point difference between four movies, yeah. you know? So that's, that's not bad at all. Uh, okay. Number two for me is part three, the JJ mm. Abrams joint. And what a rebound this is from part two. Holy shit. And like, I think JJ's first big movie, if I'm not mistaken, he was just in TV up until this point. Yeah. This is his first one. I mean, I just rewatched this movie, dude. Holy balls does this movie hold up. It is fucking great. But I, I could, that one or number three or number one, totally interchangeable kind of level for me. They are just damn good. There is a bit of shaky cam, but he doesn't get too crazy with it. Some fantastic action and sets and shit. And Tom Cruise running, as always. I love the plot. I love the way that it unfolds. That's typical J.J. Abrams. I don't know if he was the sole writer on it or whatnot, but it, it, the way the plot lays out is great. An amazing performance by an amazing villain. Um, do you have a girlfriend, wife? I'm going to find her. I'm going to hurt her. Like you hung me out of a plane. And then when he's getting away, that whole scene on the bridge is worth the price of admission. It's just bonkers where the drone comes and blows him into the side of that car. And then the guy gets in the helicopter and is flying away and he's trying to blow him away. I mean, it, that, it is intense. It is, it's just a damn good movie. And I, I like the way that it kind of all wraps up. This also, I think is where we get introduced to Benji, uh, that character who's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, ah, uh, it's just a damn good movie. But uh, up until this point now, there's something I wanted to bring up before for, uh, one, two, and three. We don't know about the continuity, you know, so far that it's just kind of been one-offs. Do you know what I mean? Yes, I do. Yep. And that's going to play into uh, my top pick. But before we get to that, um, yeah, once again, disavowed and sent on a mission because they're blaming him for some shit and he's got to go save his wife and save the world. And if he's everybody's hunting him, both sides. (laughs) Uh, Okay, number one. Uh, And I echo everything you said, but number one for me is Mission Impossible 3. This is my favorite of the series. It still holds up. It's still... Uh, tops for me, mainly because of the villain. Uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman really steals the show in the movie. The action is, uh, well, maybe the action isn't quite as over the top as four and five. It's still so good. And it was just, it's great to see J.J. Abrams, uh, like becoming this huge director. And this is kind of where he began. But the movie is so good. I love the storyline. It's not, too hard to follow, uh, and especially after coming off of part two, this is so different, so tonally different. Everything about it is uh, back to where, like what I was expecting these movies to be. Uh, even even apart from the first one, which I really like the first one, but this one has more action. It's still got a twisty, turny plot, but it's a little easier to follow. I think uh, it, it's great. It's everything about this movie is great, and it's. Every time I rewatch, especially three, four, and five, which are my those are my favorite ones, um, this is still this one here stands out as being my favorite one of the bunch. So until the new one comes out, which we will see how that one fares, uh, this is my favorite one. Yep, and it uh, I love too that it, it doesn't get carried away with this uh, plot a mission plot like um, the rabbit's foot. Yeah, you never know what it is, and it doesn't matter, and I love that. Like that's, it doesn't matter what it is. He just wants it and you got to get it in the end. And I will give uh, number three credit too. this. It has my favorite line of any of the movies by far at the very end. And he, when he's got that charge in his head and he's like, uh, 
honey, you have to kill me or I'm going to die. (laughs) (laughs) She has to shock him to short circuit it. I love that. That's so good. Uh, Okay. Number one for me is Rogue Nation, part five. And I, I've only, I've watched this one probably the least because it's the most recent. I, I think this may be my, uh, might be my third watch. I'm not sure. Second or third. But uh, I, I just noticed a lot more in three, four, and five this time because, well, for one, I watched half a part three, like in the middle of the night because I couldn't sleep. And then on uh, Saturday, I finished up part three and then watched four and five. What a, what a day that was. Saturday or Sunday. Oh, what a good day. Just chilling in the office watching Mission Impossible movies back-to-back. Kicked ass. And I noticed a lot more watching them so close together. Five is the one that really brings continuity to the entire series. You got Alec Baldwin coming in, and one of the first things he mentions is... Well, he's trying to shut down IMF. But one of the first things he mentions is the first thing... uh, When I first came on board with IMF... One of the first things they did was break into the CIA to steal the knock list. He's talking about part one. Uh-huh. They don't mention anything about part two. Part three, we never learned a whole lot about who some of the bad guys were because uh, it wasn't about that. It was about saving his wife. So uh, through the villain in part five, I believe, we learned that Owen Davian was working for the syndicate and the rabbit's foot was something they were trying to get. So Ethan Hunt fucked up their plans in part three. In part four, at the end of part four, at the end of Ghost Protocol, I think Alec Baldwin's in that one too, isn't he? I... No. No, that's the one where the, in the beginning, the guy that's the head of the uh, organization of IMF gets shot in the head in the car wreck. Oh, yes. Yep. But but I think maybe Baldwin makes an appearance at the end. I can't quite remember if that's at the end of Protocol or the beginning of Rogue Nation, but... Uh, they do mention that that guy was part of, uh, the bad guy in Ghost Protocol was also part of the syndicate, I think. Uh, and then in part five, it's all about finally confronting the syndicate. And what do you see in the trailer of part six? Who's doing the voiceover? It's the bad guy from part five that they captured at the end. So mm. we, because of part five, we finally have a through thread for like the entire series. And I can't wait for the next one, obviously, but uh, the reason that I gave this one top marks, and it's, it's honestly, like I said, Ghost Protocol probably has the best action scene. This one doesn't have the best action scene. It's got that underwatery thing that's kind of meh with some CGI. It's got a great, some great car chase in it, great bike chase. Um, but I gave it the most props because it, it added continuity to the whole thing. It feels like the most complete film of all of them. Uh, yeah, I, I, this time around, dude, I loved it. I, and I could, I could watch it again right now. And I'm so, I, I just love w- continuity. I love when they acknowledge the other things that happen, even if it's only one line. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. And in the beginning too, he goes to, uh, uh, record store and it's this whole secret code back and forth. And that was so uh, cool. I love that scene. Right. But uh, before he even goes into the box, the girl goes, so it's really you? Like, he's this legend now. He's, he's like, did you really do all those things? Because if you, at this point, five movies in, if you look at what everything that he's done, people gotta be talking about that. Oh, he's the guy that broke into the CIA. Wait, what? Oh, he's also the guy that broke into the Kremlin before it blew up. What? 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 Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, you, there would be a legend behind that. He's also the guy that, you know, in part two, tied a rope on and dove through a fan or what, you know, just all the crazy shit he's done. So I just like those little touches and I'm really looking forward to part six. 
Are you uh, are you planning on seeing that in the theater, or is this going to be a I can't wait to watch it in six months or whatever? Oh, I, I, if at all I can find a window to go see it in the theater, I'm going to really try because I. But I've just been so busy at work that I just don't know if it's possible. But if at all I get a day where I, I've got a couple of hours, I'm going to try and sneak off and see that thing. Yeah, it's two and a half hours long. That's not a short movie. So, I don't care. Yeah. I just watched three, four, and five basically in one day, and I was hungry for more, as we will see in recently watched, because I went on to other uh, actiony, killery spy things. Yep. Oh yeah, that's so me. Whenever I there's a certain movie that I might really like, that I'm like, oh no, I have to watch ten more of the same thing. Yep, and I don't think I'm quite done yet. I, I'm kind of still feeling that terror. Cool. Oh, that was such a good watch. Three, four, and five, man. Oh, it's so damn good. Yeah, I want to. I want to rewatch those at some point. Those are wife uh, movies, and so I can't watch those without her. And we're still unpacking, and I, I, I haven't been able to. I haven't been able to rewatch those, but I have been wanting to. I know it's probably going to be a week or two for you because of the unpacking and all that jazz. But when you do, set aside the time just and do it. Do three one night, four the next night, five the next night. Just bam, bam, bam. Because I just noticed so many more things when I watched them that close together. Cool. references and shit. Yeah. Okay. Uh, anything else for the Mission Impossibles? I'm trying to think if there's anything else I forgot to mention. You know, I think other than part two, I think this is one of the more consistent uh, series out right now. Like, even, like, the Jason Bourne movies, not near as consistent as this. Uh, even the Bond movies, I don't think are as consistent as as this. Like, every one, I'm like, I, I know I'm going to like it. Uh, it's just that weird part two anomaly that didn't didn't quite work. And it's not terrible. It's still good. But the other ones are bare minimum four stars out of five. It's four on up for me from part for parts one, three, uh, four, and five. Yeah, me too. And I think, didn't Spectre come out the same year as Rogue Nation? Mm-hmm. I believe so. And I liked Rogue Nation way more than Spectre. Oh, Spectre was... Uh, on rewatch, Spectre is not good. Yeah. I mean, it, it, ugh. Uh, I would say that's the least of the Daniel Craig's. In my oh opinion. yeah, yeah, especially coming off uh, coming off of uh, the fantastic Skyfall. Yep. Oh well. Yep. We'll see what the next ones do. Okay, are you ready to move on to recently watched? Let's do it. All right, sir, you are up. Uh, okay. Um, bear with me here. Um, let's. Finish out a couple of VHS, DVD, whatever weird things beyond the seventh door. Have you heard of... Be- um, why am I even asking, have you heard of this movie? I'm sure you haven't, as most of humanity has not heard of... Um, oh, isn't this the Beyond? No. No, 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 no. This is a Canadian production uh, with a... Uh, What's the Beyond's other title? Isn't it something seven? Uh, the Seven Doors of Death. Oh, how could I ever get that wrong? How stupid of me. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah, this is Beyond the Seventh Door. Uh, Laser Rockwood is the main star. (laughs) I'm in. Um, I don't care what it is. I'm in. (laughs) And uh, he, um, he's like this Eastern European middle-aged dude that uh, has a really hot girlfriend that he makes up with. And then they go to break into her boss's house to steal a bunch of money and the house is booby trapped and every room has a different has a different uh zero budget thing to get through basically it's it predates cube but it's like cube so it's it's like that but for nickels and dimes scraped together uh laser rockwood 
is... <laughs> he is... I'm never not going to laugh when you say that, just so you know. <laughs> He's like a cross between um, uh, Tommy Wiseau and... Is that how you pronounce his last name? More or less. Um, him and... No, just him. Actually, it's just it's his brother. Basically, <laughs> this laser is basically Tommy's brother. They're they're somehow brothers. Uh, this oh, it's just lots of denim and oh, he's like just got pock marks on his face and like oh, and he smokes. He looks he looks terrible. And then oh, at one point they start to kiss. I'm like, this girl could not have been paid anything to be in this movie, and she's pretty good looking. And what are you doing? Uh, however, having said all that, uh, this, <laughs> is a, this has a pretty good twist uh, ending, which I'm not going to spoil, um, because all of our listeners are going to be running out to watch Beyond the Seventh Door. Uh, but it's a, it's a, it's a cool ending to a pretty awful movie. There's one scene where this, she falls down this chute, and then the, the room starts filling up with water, and so she's, uh, Rockwood is up there trying to, trying to, <laughs> trying to do something to make the water stop and he you know he he is talking in his broken english or what whatever how oh it's it's his dialogue is so bad uh and so it goes on and on i'm like just just have her drown please just she just, she she drowns the end and he dies somehow please but it goes on and on but i'm like you know the the bright side of this is that she might get drenched in water and she might you know Come up sopping wet, and you know, she's got a little dress. Eh, eh, mission, yeah, accomplished. Yeah. mission accomplished. We're going to go beyond the seventh door. Yes. <laughs> oh, yeah, and it's a twist ending from director Bazadar D. Benedict. And uh, Benedict is B E N E D I K T. So there's lots of great names in this movie. Uh, well, behind them. <laughs> oh, and the. <laughs> Oh, uh, anyway, uh, for those of you that are interested, it is on Amazon Prime. However, I sunk uh, at least ten dollars on the uh, Intervision DVD, so uh, I support things that exist. Um, okay, uh, let's... I, I'm more interested in that than Zombies: The Beginning. I think. <laughs> oh, it's uh, yeah. I, the thing is, I you should watch it sometime. In fact, I can I can. Let you borrow it if you want me to throw that in the pile with uh, Zombies the Beginning. Uh, if it's a horror movie, I'm waiting for October. Okay, it's... Uh, I mean, I suppose you could probably twist it to be a horror movie, but it's more... Uh, I don't even want to say thriller. It's, I don't care about your label. I need to see what IMDb says. Oh, uh, yeah, what does IMDb says? Oh, it says horror. So, uh, I guess surprise, surprise. Um, Wait a minute. His name really is Laser? Oh, yes. His name is actually Laser. L-A-Z-A-R. Laser No, wait. I, I thought that was his character's name. Oh, no, 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 no. That's the real actor's name. No, his name in the movie is Boris, which, that, that's <laughs> perfect, because... But of course. Yeah. My, my parents named me Laser, but I always thought I was a Boris. Yeah, it's funny. He's been in 36 movies, and uh, most... Uh, he's actually still acting. Um, he was in Born Dead. Wait a minute. That sounds like something I've seen. What? Yeah, it sounds like... Yeah, something something that we throw on the roulette. Uh, let's just uh, let's just go read the first review on IMDb. The who gives it ten stars? Laser Rockwood, an actor, a star, a sex object, a god. Uh, <laughs> uh, wow, this review had to be written by Laser Rockwood. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> it is overwhelmingly positive. <laughs> Ten stars. Yeah. 
Yep. What a great name. In my in another life, I would totally be named that. Totally. I'm going to have more kids just so I can screw them up by name, naming them Laser. <laughs> uh, Demon Wind? Oh, that's people who liked this also liked. What is Demon Wind? Oh, dude, I have that from Vinegar Syndrome. Uh, they were, I have that on Blu-ray. That's, that's rock. Add that to my October list. That looks amazing. Oh, uh, yeah, that's like an Evil Dead ripoff, and uh, you have to see that thing. Oh, I, I hope you're keeping track of all these things I tell you to put on my October list, sir. Um, sure. No, he's not at all. <laughs> you need to start a file for me. Okay. Oh, next up. <laughs> um. Oh, if me, you're done with me, still. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Sure. Um. Let's go with uh one more. Uh. uh what the hell? Um. Let's go with Axe. I watched that this morning. Uh. From Severin Films, um, Axe from 1974, I was not expecting much. This is one that I got in the big sale that they did. Um, it's only 65 minutes long, and I'm like, it's probably not going to be good. And it's a, Actually, it's a, it's a triple feature. There's uh, two other movies from this. Frederick R. Fidel, or Friedel, uh, something. Uh, but i got to say, this is a minor gem in the rough right here. It is very... Uh, Lo-fi, 70s, couple mobsters uh, are on the run, and they hole up in this uh, this house in the country with this very quiet lady and her um, her paralyzed grandpa. And uh, it the short runtime has things moving really, really brisk, but she's kind of off her rocker, and from there, things go crazy. Uh, like, really, just... Crazy 70s in the best way possible. But I give this one a... I mean, it's, it's not like this undiscovered, fantastic movie. But for for 65 minutes, it wastes no time. Uh, she's nuts and she's going to probably try and kill these guys and roll credits. And bet I got exactly that. And I had a smile on my face at 5.30 a.m. What more could you ask for? <laughs> a good movie. Yeah, that, yeah. <laughs> I mean, it looked like it was shot for, uh, oh, <laughs> the budget was $25,000. I'm like, it seemed to be really, 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 really low budget. And I'm like, ah, I guess so. Mm. Hmm? 1974, though, that would be a modest independent film, wouldn't it? I guess that would have probably been, what, the equivalent of maybe 100000 Yeah, maybe. Um, so, I mean, I'm guessing most of the most of the uh, budget went into, uh, like, bright red Italian giallo paint, because that's kind of what they use. Like, you know how that is, like the... Yep, you just mosey on down to the Italian Jello paint store and pick yourself up a load. Yeah, slather that all over non-actors and you got yourself a movie. Yep, <laughs> sold. <laughs> so I'm looking forward to watching this guy's other... It, it's He didn't make many movies, or at least didn't make many horror movies, and they stuffed them all on this Blu-ray, so we I can't wait to watch the next one, which is called Kidnapped Co-Ed. Um, oh, yeah, there you go. Yep, I'm, I'm like, oh, that's, what's not to love about that? <laughs> <laughs> okay, back to you. All right. <clears throat> um, here, here's a movie that I've been wanting to rewatch for quite some time, but I just never kind of came across the DVD or Blu-ray or anything uh, in the exchange stores. And then I came across it on VHS, a uh, newer VHS. And I was like, well, hell, of course I'm going to buy that. Uh, from 1984, David Lynch's Dune. Hmm. Mm. A duke's son leads desert warriors against the galactic emperor and his father's evil nemesis when they assassinate his father 
and free their desert world from the Emperor's rule. And mostly I wanted to watch it again because I heard some people on other podcasts talking glowingly about it, and I haven't seen it since, oh, and God, way back in the day, I so I remember barely anything about it. Uh, this rewatch kind of mirrored my first one. It's like, I'm a sci-fi guy, but this is like... <sighs> just brace yourself, but this is like the Harry Potter of science fiction for me. It's like, we got House This and House Atreides and House <laughs> the Other Thing, and I'm like, wait, the who and the what now, and the how and the huh? Basically, I think if you took all the Harry Potter books and tried to compress them into a three-hour movie, this would be it. It would be confusing and weird, and they have strange... I mean, in science fiction, you always have strange names for whatever things you're trying to describe that don't exist yet. And one of the things they are trying to describe that doesn't exist yet is this thing called a weirding module. So it's just weird when people are running around going, oh, give me the weirding module. And you're like, okay, all right, yep, we're doing that now, I guess. That sounds like a first cousin to unobtainium. Yes, yes. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) And then there's big fat guy with face boils and he's floating around and then kind of randomly killing people and, ah, why? Why is this happening? Uh, and then Sting shows up, and he's all buff, and, um, okay, and then some giant worms, that's cool. It's like, I desperately want to like this movie, but I am not seeing myself going past VHS on this. I will keep that, though. Uh, what else? Um, I mean, it's been, I mean, they made a whole documentary about the Dune, uh, Jodorowsky's Dune, yeah. trying to get that made. That was fascinating, and that has a com- almost completely different vision than this one. But uh, what I love about it is the gigantic sets and the gigantic prosthetics uh, and the gigantic, like, puppets and stuff. I mean, they're just huge. And so the sci-fi guy in me is like, it's still cool. It's still cool. I still like everything I'm seeing. It just doesn't all come together in a cohesive manner, in my opinion. Maybe if I read the book, not going to do it, then I would understand it more, but I'm good. Uh, I really, really hope that somebody gets around to remaking this, though, because I would love to see that, whatever that may be. And I hope that they keep it at least as weird as this thing is, just make it a little more understandable. Does that Mm. make sense? So anyway, there is Dune. Uh, next up, I'm not going to spend a lot of time on this one, but I did want to mention it. The Chase with Charlie Sheen. Do you remember that movie? Oh, yes, with Christy Swanson. Is that her name? Yep. Oh, yeah, I watched that in the theater. That, I, I remember liking it back in the 90s whenever it came out with a red car and they're on the go and they fall in love, kind of, right? Yep, and I remember renting it and being like, ah, oh, I like this, it's action and it's cool and there's a couple guys from Red Hot Chili Peppers and a cool soundtrack and they bang it out while they're in the car chase. That's it's hot. It's really hot. I got to see your bra. It's hot. Mm-hmm. Yeah, then I got it on VHS and I watched it again. Ooh, what a 90s piece of shit. Ooh, what a 90s piece <laughs> of shit, my friend. Holy God. It was almost entertaining because it was laughably bad and laughably 90s. And this is the height of Charlie Sheen being a hot thing, and he's cool, and just kind of pulls his hair to the side, and uh, trying to get away with things, man. And this wasn't my fault. I was framed. Oh, my God. <laughs> I will say this, though. Uh, Christy Swanson, smoking hot in it. Wow. Uh, but, yeah, very PG-13, and um, the ending is just sort of like, all right. 
That's a VHS and will remain a VHS, and that's a thing that exists and very, very, very 90s. Okay, uh, next up for this round, uh, continuing on with my um, need for some action, and it also coincides with the release of the sequel, I wanted to give The Equalizer another rewatch with Denzel. Mm-hmm. I liked this movie much more the second time around. I enjoyed it the first time around, but the second time around, I'm like, this movie is fucking badass. Holy shit. I, this rocks, and I want more of it. I might have to sneak off to the dollar theater or something. When do kids go back to school, for fuck's sake, so I can go back to the dollar theater? Yeah, uh, <laughs> sometime in July, or sometime in August. August Fuck. is kind of the... End of August, isn't it? It's going to yeah. be a while. Yeah, so that will be out of theater. I might have to try and sneak off for that, because I'll bet it's rated R, and maybe I'll only get the potheads that buy a ticket for a different movie and then sneak in. And the 95-year-olds. But... Don't forget yeah. that. Oh, I'll be sitting next to them, sharing yeah. popcorn and mm-hmm. uh, oxygen tanks. Yep. Uh, but this first one, I, you've watched, I know you watched it at least once. Yes, I did. I have it on Blu-ray. I quite liked it. It turns into a slasher movie almost towards the end. And, yeah, and uh, Dugray Scott, he's the bad guy in it. Yeah. And, oh, I really like him. I've always really liked him. I think he was he was up for a big role and then had, uh, was he in Mission Possible too? Oh, probably. <laughs> I don't he, know. No, wait, wait. There's a connecting thread here. Hold on. That is Dugray Scott, isn't it? Let me see here. He was Dugray Scott was in Mission Impossible 2. Wasn't he the guy in the Equalizer? I think I am wrong. Shit. <laughs> hey, you tried. Well, yeah, I tried. Well, at least we're remembering names this week. Yeah, uh, yes, we but are. But he, he was the guy in, in Mission Impossible 2, and I think that he was going to be... If I could be mistaken, but I think he was supposed to be Aragon, and then he had, was busy with reshoots on something. Might have been Mission Impossible 2. And then they had to replace him with uh, Viggo Mortison. Oh, wow. That's a bummer. Well, for him. I, yeah. Viggo Mortison was great. Yeah. Hold on. Now, who's the bad guy in this one? Who's the, the Russian dude? David Arbor is in this one as well. Martin Sokas. Boy, I'll tell you what, you put them in a lineup and I will mix them up a lot. He was the, uh, he was Trevor Goodchild and Aeon Flux. Oh, I know, he, who, yeah, I know exactly who you're talking about. Yep. He was in Triple X. Yeah. Yep. He has this look where he just, this character. Russian. Actor. Yep. Yeah, Russian. But he looks a lot like Do Grace Scott. <laughs> yeah. He does not look like, well, Laser Rockwood, though. Uh, <laughs> Few people can. Yes. You gotta have Boy, the wallet I, down pat, you gotta have the, the cigarette pot, or the cigarette. Uh, yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> I don't feel one bit bad about mixing these two guys up because they look a lot alike. I I'm a, I really like this Martin guy though. He is he is cool. He made a great uh, Trevor Goodchild too. Anyway, uh, Equalizer, damn good movie and man, uh, great action scenes and it, it just I'm really curious to see how they take the second one because for a guy that like plans ahead so much for every single thing. It was like, you didn't see it coming that he's going to take your friends hostage. Like, obviously that's the next step. You know, anybody that you like, that's what he's going to do. So that part, it was like, okay, all right, but uh, there's got to be some sort of stakes in it. And yeah. boy, did he make those motherfuckers pay? Was that it's Ant- a little hard? Anton Fuqua directed that, right? I believe so. Yep. Anton Fuqua. Well, let's go look at Anton Fuqua's career. Cause well, he's got one a of those bunch names. of good movies. He's got some misses. Oh, you did Olympus Has Fallen, sir. Say, you did yeah, a Lifetime yeah, Pass. He's right now my good graces. He's... Oh, absolutely. But he didn't do the... Se- well, then he... Uh, did he do... Oh, wait, hold on. I'm looking at the producer. 
The Replacement Killers. Dude, that's going back. Good movie. Tears of the Sun? Shit. But then he does a King Arthur, and then a Shooter. Eh. Yeah. But then he does a Brooklyn's Finest. Shit, yeah. Yeah, that's a great movie. Olympus Has Fallen, The Equalizer, Southpaw I Never Saw. Magnificent Seven, meh. I like that. Eh, it's okay, I guess. Equalizer 2. I'll definitely check it out. I Anyway, it was a step up for me on the rewatch. Yeah. There you go. Equalizer. Cool. I did three. Back to you, sir. Okay, this will probably be it for me. I haven't watched as many movies because of the move, uh, but I have watched some. Um, so I was trying to decide what the first movie should be at the new house, and of course... Um, I had to pick something, you know, something a little bit more higher quality. So I went with another rewatch of Extro. Um, nice. Yeah, because uh, <laughs> that screams high-end entertainment there. I'm assuming that I've talked about Extro on the show already, but here we go again. This is, uh, I actually imported this one. I, this, I, this is one of my favorite Alien movies of all time. I, I adore Extro. The uh, the Blu-ray transfer is... This is the only version that you should watch from here on out because all others are awful 7th generation VHS transfers and the Blu-ray looks fantastic on this. But it is it is so random and I think that's why I like the movie so much is just how... It's a fairly straightforward plot in that father is abducted by aliens and then he comes back a year later and wants to, he wants to get back in with his mom and kid but there's this dude that shacked up with the mom and uh and then all sorts of weird shenanigans happen with army soldier like toy army soldiers and clowns and it's like what are you doing it's kind of kind of a little bit like pod people weirdness um i mean i remember i watched it on youtube and i remember uh, midget clowns on a unicycle and bathtubs with alien eggs and slime in it yes yes Oh, and it's so gross. Like, the movie itself is incredibly gory. Uh, it, so good. That's a good thing. It's uh, but slimy. Oh. Everything's slimy. Yes. Lots of bladder effects. And this is the one that a uh, woman gives birth to full-grown man, which is... Oh, yes. Oh, shit. I remember yeah. that. <laughs> the, uh, I mean, the thing is, I rewatching it, that scene still holds up. It's so disgusting and really well done. I'm like, that looks... Real. It's kind of like almost like a the thing type of a effect, but really, really good. The creature itself is this bizarro looking insect. It almost looks like a praying mantis or a cricket. It's, I loved it. Uh, <laughs> but it's got a short runtime. I'm never bored. It's just, it's got enough weirdness that, not just enough, it's got tons of weirdness in it to make it incredibly rewatchable for us horror fans. Yeah, and the weirdness is it doesn't overtake the film. It's it's like little slices of it in there. Yeah. I kind of I kind of feel like this was a roulette for me or something. It probably was, and then you were like, "Dude, you have got to watch this thing," and I did watch it then. Yeah, I remember telling you that you have to rewatch this. I, I think that you had said you had watched it in the VHS days, and you were like kind of mad on it, and then yeah. I watched it and was like, "No, no, 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 no." <laughs> yeah, this is awesome. And I and I did another rewatch, and then I'm like, "Oh no, I officially love that movie." Oh, you have to. It's it's just the right amount of bizarre milk in your horror coffee. Yes. Yep. Um, so huge thumbs up for that. And then that was followed directly by uh, Andre Bianchi's Strip Nude for Your Killer. Um, uh, 
pubic hair and mustaches and uh, Austin Powers stylings, finger music and black glove killer and botched abortions and uh, Italian nipples and uh, obese hairy men forcing forcing their way onto hot 70s blonde ladies uh, in granny white tidies. Uh, sex in a steam room, anal jokes, uh, Mr. Oh, yeah, I, rem- I remember this one. Yep. Yeah, Mr. Oh, yeah. yeah, Mr. Bean car, uh, car chase kind of, or a car thing, something, walk, it's, it's, it's great, it's great, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yeah, I, I believe you've seen it. it, it ends on a, it ends on an anal joke, because ha 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 that's, it's, that's how we should end all of our serial killer or giallo movies, I guess. It's, ah, uh, it's so good, and, <laughs> I think it was this last October horrorthon that I watched it, maybe or the one before, but I do remember that. I was like, he basically just paid a bunch of models to walk around nude. He was claiming that they were in a movie, and then he'd have maybe sex scenes with them, and then there was some uh, blood, and then on to the next round. Yep, yep. Oh, and just that, that obese guy, and I'm like, oh, now he's in his whitey tighties again, and I'm like, and he's literally trying to basically rape this girl, and then she's finally like, huh, okay, fine, and I'm like, oh, oh so here we go, okay, we're doing this. And then he's like, oh, I can't, I'm married, I can't get a boner or something. I, I'm like, dude, <laughs> what? Uh, but, oh, man, Andre Bianchi, man, that guy, he, he makes some stuff. Uh, this is the same guy that made uh, uh, Malabimba and, uh, oh, a ton of great stuff. Did he he's, make Malabimba before or after this? Uh, Malabimba was 79 and uh, Strip Nude was 75. Yeah, so. I figures that he would have to work up the courage to get that crazy. Yeah, the first one that that he made that I've that I saw was Cry of a Prostitute, which is uh, kind of man. Like, this guy has a singular fucking vision. Oh yes, <laughs> wow. It is. How do I get Italian women naked in my movies? And then dead. And then dead. Yes. Roll credits. But uh, oh, anyway, there you go. Um, <laughs> Uh, that should do it for me. And there, I, I, oh, and I'm also, um, to test out my equipment here in my, my theater room, I'm, I started watching last night before I passed out. I started watching Cabin in the Woods again, cause I'm like, ah, I'm due for a rewatch on that one. And it's still so great. The stoner dude in that movie steals every scene he's in. He's so great in that movie. Uh, everybody's great in that movie. It's such a fantastic, unique movie and it holds up. I started rewatching, or I started rewatching. I started watching for the first time the uh, remake. The what? The remake of Cabin Fever. Oh, oh, oh gotcha. Did I say Cabin I, Fever? I meant Evil Dead. You said Cabin Fever. Oh, I meant Evil I'm, Dead. My, I'm, yeah. my God, I'm pretty fucking sure you said Cabin Fever. I'll tell you what. I'll give you a break here that you can start in and redo that with Evil Dead, but I swear to God, you said Cabin Fever. <laughs> yeah. Oh no, let's just keep it in. It'll be Waka Waka. <laughs> Wait, evil, because you said a stoner guy. Yep. And there's, there's a stoner guy in Cabin Fever. There is. Oh, I didn't think about that, but it's, to me, it's, to me, it seems like it's more of a remake of, of Evil Dead. It's more in the Evil Dead verse than Cabin but you're, Fever. You're, okay, so what did you actually watch? Evil Dead or the remake of Evil Dead? Oh. Because, <laughs> wait a minute, is there, is there a stoner character in Evil Dead? Um, not the remake of Evil Dead in the, Wow. No, in, in the remake, I thought there was, but not in the original. The remake has the guy with the, the glasses and the long hair, and he kind of looks stoner-ish. And then, oh, wow, we are oh, we are going down a rabbit trail of weird... 
So let's figure this... Uh, no, you're right. There wouldn't be a stoner character in the remake because they were trying to get her clean. Yeah. Who's the stoner character in Evil Dead 1? Um... Hmm. Ash? Well, you were, you, were, you were talking about a stoner character. No, I, I just said that I liked the stoner character in Cabin in the Woods. And then I, I thought... Cat, I, now, we're in, now we're on the Cabin in the Woods? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's the movie that I... That I that's the... <laughs> The movie that I got, that I that I watched last night is Kevin. Oh, what did I say? I, okay, because okay, okay. Here's what happened. So the first time you said Cabin in the Woods, I heard Cabin Fever. Then the second time you said, No, no, I meant Evil Dead. <laughs> you did, didn't didn't you? I, I'm not sure. This is what happens when you don't have Skype. <laughs> I swear, the second time I, I... I swear when I asked you, wait, which movie are you talking about? You said, wait, wait, I meant Evil Dead. Oh, yeah, because I... Ooh, boy. I sure hope so, because if I go back and listen to this, and it's Cabin in the Woods every time, this is all going <laughs> bye bye I guarantee you. Uh, if not, we'll see. Okay, yep. so you watched Cabin in the Woods and yes. the stoner carry... Okay, now I'm with you. Yep. Anyway, uh, it's still Jesus really Christ. good, and I'm right at the part where Hemsworth is ready to do the dirt bike jump, and that's when I woke <laughs> up. I'm like, wait a minute, what's going on? Where am I? I'm uh, okay. Stop. I'm not, I'm not falling asleep in this movie, so you know, I'll finish it tonight. Yeah. Oh yeah, that's a great movie. I I think I I watched it not too terrible long ago, and it completely holds up. Love that movie. Yeah, Cabin in the Woods. That is, and yes. I, but I did start watching the uh, Cabin Fever remake, and. It's a movie. Yep. I it's it's I trying to be as dumb as the original, but it's I don't know. Yes. No judgments on it yet. Uh, although I do like the exploding people. That's kind of cool. Hmm. Okay. Uh-huh. Okay. One last one for me, and we will be done. For fuck's sake, that that went off the rails. Uh, yeah. the rover. Um, I it's I don't know if I said it on the show, but I had talked to you about it. I started watching it on Amazon Prime at my parents' house. And then I had to leave. Uh, this is with Guy Pierce, Robert Pattinson, and oh, yeah. Sco- Scoot McNary, because I, I teased another Scoot McNary joint, other than, uh, yeah, my roulette. Ten years after global economic collapse, a hardened loner pursues the men who stole his only possession, his car. Along the way, he captures one of the thieves' brothers, and the duo form an uneasy bond during the dangerous journey. Uh, I seem to recall you really liking this movie. Um... I think. kind of Um What do you mean? You, I mean, you watched this movie? Yeah, I did. Um, uh, you don't really remember it, or are you just reeling back I on your review? Was, was he kind of? He's kind of a silent. Uh, like he doesn't say much, and he just whips ass the whole way through, right? Yeah, pretty much. Okay, I think I did like it. I mean, I, I enjoyed it. I give it a thumbs up. I just didn't, I, I didn't love it. I just didn't, I couldn't remember where you stood on it. Yeah. I had to, I am on, I'm on IMDb right now and I'm looking, I'm like, oh, okay, I do remember that. I'm like, yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I agree. It was a pretty good movie. I, I thought it was, uh, I was hoping for a bigger reveal at the end. I knew it had to be something like no spoilers with the way they went at the very, very tail end of it, but I thought it would be something more meaningful. Um, so I was like, oh, that's it. All right, I guess. Uh, but it, it definitely had a feel of, um, 
Oh, what is that movie? That John Hillcoat movie. Boy, I'm whipping names tonight. Oh, The the Road. The Proposition. Oh, The Proposition? Oh, okay. That was John Hillcoat, right? Yep. Yeah, okay. It definitely reminded me of that movie. Even though they're, uh, I mean, not related. But had that same kind of outback, desolate feel to them. And so I appreciated this, and it's probably a more realistic version of a Road Warrior-type movie, but maybe before it gets full-on crazy gang Road Warrior, you know? Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's a decent flick. It's worth a thumbs up. Guy Pierce is just endlessly watchable in fucking anything. He is. Uh, I, I know that... What's his name? Robert Pattinson? I, I don't like the half of Twilight movie I watched, but I like him. Me and too. I can't even point to any particular performance that I like him in. I just, I, I, I don't like the Harry Potter movies, but I like Daniel Radcliffe. And whenever I see his name come up, I'm like, oh, well, he should be acted well then, at least. So, yeah. you know, I'm, I'm not against them, not holding the material against those guys. But uh, I think they made him too dumb in this movie. Like, he's so dumb that you're like, dude, come on. I, I know that he's supposed to be slow or whatever, but holy shit. Yeah. Oh, I, I, that movie's coming back to me now, and I actually, I, I think I really liked that movie. The more I think about it, it's, it's been, it's been like three or four years, but I'm like, ah, yeah, that's right, I remember. And something of the, no one has gasoline, or they're all everybody's out for. Kind of like, like, yeah, Road Warrior, kind of light, yeah, emo warrior. Yes. Uh, overall, it was worth a watch, but I don't see myself, like, running to buy this on Blu-ray or anything, because it's like, uh, how often am I going to rewatch this movie? Yeah. It, I'm not saying it's one and done, but it's definitely one and decade done. Mm. So, because it's not the happiest to feel good of movies, but, eh, whatever. Yeah. Okay, uh, we're getting close to time, and so let's wrap it up with Coming Soon. What do you got coming soon, sir? Uh, well, I'm going to finish up Cabin Fever in the Woods. Uh... <laughs> Cabin Fever in the Evil Dead Woods. Yes, in the Evil Woods, yeah. Uh, that's tonight, and um, I should have Massacre Video's uh, release of Enter the Devil here soon, hopefully. Uh, that's something from the 70s that I... That's, that's a Eugene, I'm sure. Oh, what else? Um, oh, and I, I actually bought... Um, it was a roulette from a year ago, I think, that uh, I got for relatively cheap at the exchange... Um, the invitation. It's the one with the uh, oh. the group of couples getting together and um, yeah, I, the I, uh, very slow, weird movie with a fantastic ending. That's the one, yeah. And I'm like, ah, that that price is right on that one, so I'm gonna pick that one up. Uh, what else? Um, and you know, I would like to get to the theater to watch Mission Impossible, and I actually still would like to watch Jurassic World, but it's just man with uh, kids and moving and everything. It's like. The summers are like, I, oh, I want to go to the movies. I want to go to the theater in the summer, but it's like I might squeak by two movies anymore, it seems. Uh, but anyway, uh, I'm sure that next week I'll have all sorts of crazy, weird Italian stuff that I'll be slobbering all over. <laughs> awesome. Uh, well, I'm almost done with a VHS of a movie called Kiss of Death. Have you ever seen this movie? David Caruso, Nicolas Cage, Samuel L. Jackson. Mm, it's no. kind of a mob thrillery thing. And so far, pretty good. I don't have much left in it, but it's uh, pretty good movie. Uh, Pilgrimage, I guess, since you didn't pick that, I might be watching that one soon. Iron Eagle 2 I got on VHS. Yeah, baby, yeah. Mm-hmm. 
Um, they've uh, Blade of the Immortal. I might want to get that one checked off. And they've added a couple of things. Boy, I, they've added some things to Netflix, but I'm like, I should save that for roulette since that place is so... It's so hard to find good roulettes on there anymore. So I might just wait on those and throw them on the roulette and just keep slogging through the VHS. I shouldn't say slogging through because I've actually been quite enjoying it, yeah. damn it. <laughs> oh, yeah. And I've been watching a bunch of other VHS and a voodoo and all kinds of shit. I've got uh, tons of stuff for recently watched on my little cards here, but I uh, just haven't got around to talking about it. That's well, all right. Just keep saving them back. Yeah. How far back do you go? Like until you're like, up oh, now it's too lo- it's too far gone to to bring up again and talk about. Oh no, I've I've got these cards, the three by five cards that I just keep stuff written down on that, you know, because right now I'm on a movie tear where I'm watching movies like A Lunatic. I'm actually catching up on some of my reviews. I don't know if you saw, I sent you an email. Yes, uh, I did. I'm starting to write again and get caught up with reviews. Since we started off bitching about computers and, and technology, we can end up bitching about it. But this last update on my Windows, whatever, they make it must have somehow auto downloaded some. Uh, a word program. I use a very old word program from my very first computer in 1997 because I don't want to have to pay for another one. All I need to do is like write out a little bit of text or if I'm working on whatever story I'm writing on, it doesn't have to be fancy. So this one still works. Why would I buy another one? But they want you to buy their new one every year. So they have it, the, the, whatever this last update was with Microsoft office, it just made it locked in so that you have to try and use that one. And it was a pain in the ass. Finally, I was like, you know what? Fuck you. And I went and uninstalled all of the Microsoft office that they forced me to download. And now it's working again. Thank you very much. But uh, what was I talking about? I lost the point of what I was talking about. Damn it. (laughs) Oh, writing reviews again. So because of that, that was what was putting me off of writing reviews again, because I had to jump through so many damn hoops to get, even my files to open and and to create new files and stuff. Uh, but now that I got that fucking hurdle out of the way, it's much easier to access that, so maybe I can get back on the writing trail and get caught up on these damn reviews for 2018. Um, anyway, uh, so yeah, all that being said, good episode. I, I've, where was I going? I've, I've lost my train. Oh. I thought. <laughs> I forgot, hey, I forgot to review uh, Sledgehammer, so I'm going to save that one for next week because that one is... I, I have to review Sledgehammer on this show, and I I, for, I I need to give it proper time to gestate and and mold and decay and smolder and stink. And you need to give it in slow motion as yes. you slowly dance through the woods, because yes. that was the video you sent me. It was like three fucking minutes long. I'm yeah. like, when is something going to happen? Oh, oh just it's... big beef laser McBeef man slab dancing yeah. slowly with a tiny... Is she a hostage? I don't know. Yeah. But they're slow motioning through the woods. In a yep. Oh, that movie, that movie is... I'm just going to give you a little tease for the next episode when I review it. It is... It's so awesome. Oh, damn. On that note. <laughs> so I, I fucked up the roulette is what you're saying. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you can't do that. Trust me, the movie that you got, you'll uh, you'll be either swearing at me or swearing at me. <laughs> <laughs> okay, well, uh, we'll do some sort of drop meetup in the next day or two. Uh, okay. I don't know about tomorrow because I might have to be back early, but a right. uh, day or two. Sounds good. All right, that's going to do it for this episode. I will see you next time, man. All right, see ya. Bye.
Thanks for listening.